I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome in to the It's You Tells World podcast. I'm Hackett. Steve Bartle returns. Let's get right into it. Steve, first and foremost, uh, Cliff Notes version of uh, your last couple of weeks. How's it been, dude? Man, it's, uh, I'm a married man now, so it's exciting. Definitely uh, definitely had a good time, and a lot of people show up, and and uh, and, and uh, a lot of friends and family come to uh, to the wedding day, and man, we were just excited to <laughs> to get on the honeymoon, right? Like, going through all the stress of, of getting ready for the wedding. And then, uh, you know, it was a great day. Like it was, it was a great day, but we were, we were definitely excited to to hit out on that honeymoon, get out to the Dominican Republic. And uh, we had a great time and we spent a week out there at a nice resort and just, uh, and, and just really enjoyed ourselves. So uh, it seemed like, uh, you know, <laughs> seemed like quite a bit happened while I was gone. So looks like you guys had uh, plenty to, uh, to, to occupy yourselves with while I was gone though. That's for sure. Isn't that, isn't that like how it always works? You're like, oh. yeah. you're like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna run it. It's like, it's like even on a smaller scale, you're like, Oh, I wonder if I could get off work at four today and just like run to the shops to pick up groceries. Hopefully my boss doesn't find out. And it's like four thirty hits and like massive breaking news. You're like, Oh yeah. my goodness. You're like drop the milk. <laughs> In the you know at the fridge section in the kit in the in the grocery store you run home is it? Um, but no, there, there was a there's been a lot of news and and you and yeah. I have a lot to talk about. So so I guess first and foremost, congratulations, Steve, on on the wedding Thanks. and of course enjoying. For those that we we spoke about it briefly, but Steve had never left the country, never left America. He did uh, for the first time a couple yeah. weeks ago. So that that would have been cool. How long was that flight, by the way? Uh, it was. Uh... It was about three and a half hours to Atlanta, and then it was like another three and a half, four hours to to the Dominican. So, not terrible. No, um, that's not bad. I, you know, like definitely a trip I would make again. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I bet. Yeah, no, it's, it certainly seems reasonable. But uh, we're certainly happy to have you back as well. I'll have you know. And yeah, um, Nayway to Bruce, our, our beloved sponsor, twelve oh seven South Main Street. Uh, don't be opposed to go check them out or, or nateway.com if you, if you want to just see what they're all about online. But Nateway Subaru, we, we love and appreciate. We thank them tons. Um, Steve, let's start with, with the wide receivers. Um, I mean, like, where, I'm like wrapping my head around. Like, <laughs> like where, I guess, where do you even start with the wide receivers? Uh, there's been a few transfers. I guess let's start here. So let's start with the, with, with the sacking of, of Guy Holiday, uh, who, by the way, was very gracious 
in defeat, yeah. if you will. Uh, if you haven't heard him speak on local radio stations, I would recommend you doing that. I reached out to him uh, in which he responded very quickly and just said, look, look, Tommy, I, 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 I have no hard feelings. You know, there was nothing he needed to get off his chest. Right. And that's not necessarily what I wanted from him. I was just after kind of an explanation as to why it went down the way it did and his experience and the good and the bad and the ugly and everything that comes with it. You know, can we talk about it? And he, of course, I think was a bit emotional and, and the timing wasn't quite right when I reached out to him and that's okay. But, but were you surprised, Steve, when you heard that the guy Halliday had, had left the program? To say I wasn't surprised, I'd be lying. I, I think uh, definitely caught me off guard. Um, with with everything it was not something that you know like usually there are in stronger indications that something is coming and there was nothing nothing of the sort um before the actual news broke that you know he had been let go so uh it certainly caught me by surprise but you know as we started to to kind of dig into things um definitely Definitely not something that was like a, a knee-jerk reaction, I think. And, and you know, for the most part, I think this was just something where uh, I think Guy Holiday said it best, where you just kind of reach the end of the road, uh, you know, with, with Utah and, and Guy Holiday. And I think that perfectly kind of summed it up. You've, you've gone as far as you can go um, with this uh, with this marriage between Holiday and, and Utah football and, uh, I think, I think Utah and and, and Coach Holiday maybe, uh, but I think Utah just kind of realized that they needed a they needed a jolt. They needed something different in that room, and and so um, you know, surprising. But I think as you start to to dig into it a little bit, it, you know, it certainly it, it it makes sense. Yeah. Well, look, he's been there five years. You know, he was yeah. hired in twenty sixteen. Hasn't it flown by? Yeah, like that was. To me, I was like, wow, it's been five years. And, and you think back to 2016, that was really when Utah kind of started to put put things together, you know. So he's he's helped Utah and particularly that, that receiver group really kind of take a, a big step forward as a group. Yeah. No, no, certainly. I think he's done a lot of good. And it's mm-hmm. just, I, I guess the issue I've, I, I have had with him, if I've had any issue at all, is that the ex and and this is this is what's so tricky about assistant coaches, Steve. Um, I wonder how much of of the lack of production is is even his fault. Like to me, that's more of a wit and offensive coordinator issue because because he can only control so much as a as a wide receivers coach. He's not calling the plays. He's just trying to put his his players in in the best position to succeed. And I think. When you look at the numbers, Utah's had some really productive wide receivers. Maybe the expectation was set too high over the last couple of years. Tyler Huntley's senior year, I would argue that they were really good. But, of course, that that offense was defined by Zach Moss and and the ability to run the football. And then, of course, I thought last year, well, last year's really hard as well. And I don't know how you blame Guy Holiday because the quarterback play was so poor. You know, the quarterback play was right. so poor last year. So, uh, look, I think two things really go into it. I think that the recent transfers, Brian Thompson and, and Samson Nakua, have to play a role. They just have to. Um, and right. then the, the the 
the news I was hearing, uh, and, and please take this with a grain of salt, Steve, I'm sure you've heard similar things, and maybe you can confirm these reports as well. But I, I had just heard that the wide receivers as a whole, the wide receiver room, had, had just kind of lost, lost, lost their trust, lost their love for, for Holiday. They, they just, they didn't, they won't just, they won't see yeah. eye to eye, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And, and based on what I've heard, I think that's kind of why you needed some, some fresh blood, some just a new voice. And you look back at it, you look back at what Utah's done on offense. When they've had a good receiver, they get them the ball. I mean, you look back at, at the Darren Carrington experience in 2017, Utah fed him the ball. You look at, at Tim Patrick, um, who struggled through injuries in 2016. You know, he still put up tremendous numbers um, in that 2016 season. So, you know, clearly – you look at those two seasons and those two receivers and what they were able to do. Utah is willing to throw the ball. You know, if you're, if you're, I don't want to say a proven commodity, cause I, I, I don't know that Tim Patrick was a proven commodity, but I think, you know, if, if the staff trusts you to make plays as a receiver, they'll get you the ball. And yeah. I think, I think the issue with guy holiday is that we didn't see development from receivers and I think to your point that you brought up that's kind of why the message fell on deaf ears you know with the receivers from Guy Holiday is you know they didn't feel maybe that they were getting the development that they needed uh to to reach higher level as players and and so yeah I it definitely jives with what I've heard um and uh and so I think it's it's like I said, it's a mixture of a lot of things with Guy Holiday. I, I wouldn't say that he did anything necessarily bad. You look at the group as a whole, and it's a, it's in a lot better shape um, than than when he than the than the group that was there before he arrived. But I think there are just a lot of things that kind of added up, and and the Thompson and Nakua transfers were kind of that final blow uh, that. Uh, that we we've seen him and, and Utah separate and, and kind of go their separate ways. Yeah. There's a lot that, that happens uh, behind closed doors that, that I think we need to respect as well. And when I say we, I'm not saying myself and Steve necessarily. I'm just, I'm talking about the fan base. Right. I've actually, this is slightly off top pick. We'll get to the new wide receivers coach here in, in two seconds. I've been reading a lot lately, Steve, um, about coaching strategies, uh, how to get the most out of people, whether it be in, in a sporting landscape or, or a business landscape or at home, in your family. I, I don't necessarily know why, but I'm, I'm, I am, like, fascinated. <laughs> like, I cannot I, – I can't tell you why, but I just can't stop reading yeah. stuff about, you know, coaches uh, around the world that have had success, getting the most out of their players, motivating, et cetera, et cetera. And, Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I do want to like from when we talk about coaches, we kind of just see like like the a small glimpse of everything that they deal with. And so, yeah, Guy Holiday was pretty vocal on Twitter, um, and so that was really like a, how fan the fan base judged him. Um, but anyway, it's just it, it, yeah, it's fascinating. And I guess to I've been I've been getting a lot of questions on Twitter actually, Steve. 
like last night, for example, I put out a post uh, professing my happiness for Kalani. And I guess if I were to look back on my Twitter, I, I, I have been maybe uh, a little harsh to Utah and maybe a little more forgiving to BYU. Like, I'm not, I'm not blind that I can... <laughs> the reason... There are reasons behind that. And I'm a Utah fan, but I love good people. I really love yeah. good people. And so, yeah. like, I value Kalani Sataki so high because when, when I was a player at Utah, he was a coach. He was a, he was a defensive coordinator. I was the punter, for crying out loud. And I don't know, we just got along well and we gelled and we had conversations. And he's somebody that I really, really value as somebody that can mentor young adults. The same with Jay Hill. He did a ton for me. And, and I love Wit. I really love Wit. I promise you I like Wit. I just don't love the way he's... His coaching style. I'm sorry, Utah fans. I just don't love it. It's old school, man, and and it's not for me. But I, it, that that's nothing against him as a human. Um, but hopefully, if 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 you're a, a follower of mine on Twitter and you've started to realize, like, I got I got somebody saying like, why why is Tom sending hate towards Utah and love to BYU? And then somebody responded because he was hired by KSL and that other person was like, well, they should unhire him. I'm like, well, now you're calling for my head, man. I think that's a little harsh. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry if that's really how I've made you feel, but, but there's, there's like the brief answer. Maybe another time I can, I can get into it more, but, but Chad Bumpfus, let's move on there, Steve. Um, <laughs> I was fascinated by this hire. I really was. Well, do you want to add anything? You seem to be having a red-hot cackle over there. What's up your sleeve? Have you had just comments? You... Have people had comments? No. <laughs> no. Just Utah fans, man, they are ruthless. Like, they are, as, soon, as soon as, as you know, you show – if it's not red, you're dead. Like, oh, that's the mentality of Utah fans. You love it. You hate it at times. But man, it's funny. It's uh, so I, I'm sorry. I'm laughing, Tom. Like, oh no, you're good. You're good. I love your too. job. That's not right. Like, and I, yeah. I mean, I hope that you're laughing with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. I just wish people were a little more forgiving. I guess. Like, I'm allowed to have an opinion on Utah's yeah. school. I just, I'm entitled <laughs> to that myself. And if you can't, yeah, you got to. I don't know what to tell yeah, you, dude. You've got a relationship with the coaches there. Like, come on. And I am the first to admit. And I, I admitted, I just admitted it on the podcast. I'll admit it again. I could probably give more love to the University of Utah. Like I, I probably yeah. could do that. You know, I wrote yeah. what people were calling a hit piece on the quarterback room, and then Steve, I saw you timely two days later put out a story about how to. I had I that like, written beforehand. I'm I had a, that written beforehand. I love it. I love it. I want you to know, I love it yeah, because it's 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 tactical, and I'm all for it, dude. <laughs> I'm all for it. But anyway, I, uh, my point is, uh, I like the university. I watch the university. I cheer for the university. I just have certain issues with certain areas. And that's also okay. But, but you know what? I, here's the other thing that, that's worth noting is I know a lot about the program. I know way more about the Utah program than I do about other universities. I don't know much about BYU. I know a fair bit about Weber State. I know a lot about Utah. Maybe that's why I have these opinions. Maybe if I knew more about BYU, I'd have certain issues with them and I'd be a little more um, susceptible to, to putting out opinion pieces on their program. So so just take it with a grain of salt. I, I promise I love Utah. I'm going to root for Utah. I'll do my best to put out 
more brighter stories for you guys. But but I'm also going to put out the truth. And if I don't like something, I'm going to tell you. And if you don't like that, so be it. I don't care. I love you anyway. Tell them, Tom. Tell them. I just feel the need to like go on these rants sometimes <laughs> because my notifications go through the roof, Steve. I know it, man. I feel oh. bad. I feel bad because here I am, the red goggled media member, and you know it's just. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. So, but let's let's talk bump this, man. Let's let's Why'd talk bump this. Chad so bump this. Why'd they hire him so fast? I can't figure that out. Uh, I. What do you mean? Well, I just feel like quick preface, quick preface. When it, well, okay, um Swan, Coach Swan. Well, I've told you this story, right? Where I had spoken to Wit about Weber State's special teams coach and defensive coordinator, and Wit's like, No, I want somebody that's older and more mature, and I'm like, No, this is the guy. And then it took like but like the the whole process took like and I'm not claiming Swanee, although I am. It took like, well, let's think, two to three months, I would guess, for him to be hired like well, as a linebacker coach. And I don't see the difference between a linebacker coach and a wide receiver coach. Like, they're, they're not coordinators. Interesting. And this hire was like, this hire was, what, days? It's a quick hire. Yeah. Yeah. So why? They, he you must know, really think- like him. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the key here is Bumpfist spent a year at Utah in 2018 as a graduate assistant. Uh, so there's familiarity between the program and, and Bumpfist, and, and Bumpfist is familiar with what the strengths and, and kind of the quirks and, and maybe the, the issues are at Utah and recruiting to Utah. And, and so I think for a lot of reasons, Bumpfist checked a lot of boxes for Utah. Um, you look at kind of his the history of Chad Bumpus. First, let's start with his playing career. He was the leading receiver at Mississippi State three of his four years in college. So very productive receiver. Uh, went on to the NFL. So he's got you know he's got ability, right? Like he was a really good receiver. He's young. He's only thirty one years old. The next youngest coach on staff is Kyle McDonald at thirty seven years old. So you add some youth, you add some energy, you add some, you know, and I think that was kind of a big thing for the staff was they wanted to get, they wanted to add somebody young. I agree. Um, And, you know, he comes from the South. He's from Mississippi. He's familiar with areas in Texas, Florida, Georgia. And I think that's an area that Utah really wants to recruit more from, especially at the skilled position. So it's kind of an ideal hire for them because they do want to get, more athletic. They want to be better at the wide receiver position. And I think Bumpus, although he doesn't have the resume, you know, I think there are a lot of qualities. He's, he was really well liked in his time here. I had the opportunity to interact with him just a couple of times, very personable, very friendly, very outgoing, um, really impressed by him. So we, we talked about, potential candidates at Ute Zone and, and Bumpfist by and large was our our top choice for, for Utah if they were gonna make a choice. So we we love the hire at Ute Zone. Yeah, well I I've heard nothing but great things as well. I, and I'm not um I I'm I'm certainly thrilled for the man. Yeah. I, yeah. I just thought I just thought I might thinking about it, I was gonna It was pretty quick. It was a quick hire. Yeah. He doesn't have 
the experience, which, by the way, may be a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but there's risk involved, right? Anytime you bring right. somebody new that hasn't really had that, there's always a, there's always a little bit of added risk. And and when you think about that position group in particular, I I don't mean to be overly rude, but I mean that offensively, that's the group that's let Utah down. Yeah, I, I mean no, that yeah. you could argue. I guess you could probably argue the offensive line, quarterback, offensive line, yeah, hasn't been great at times. But like when the you look passing at, game in general, passing has game in general, let Utah down. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and so like I think it's a pre- I think it's a pretty big, um, big hire. And 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 you know what I thought was funny? Ah, uh, funny is not the right word. I'm sorry for using that word. But I thought was interesting was the amount of former Utah wide receivers that put their hand up online to say, hey. Can I have a crack? K. Scott being one of them. Who was the other one? There was somebody else. Um, uh, he was older. He was before I got there, and I'm brain farting on his name, so I apologize. But there was there was a few other individuals that, that put their hand up and said, hey, I can't remember. Did Coach Shaw ever, ever become a graduate assistant? I don't think he did. I think he went straight from being a lawyer to coaching, which, by the way, is rare. Most coaches, yeah. most coaches will make – make you go through the graduate assistant program to learn the ropes. But um, I don't know. We're, we're, I'm going off track as I normally do. Chad Bumpfus, good for him. 31 years old. What does he bring? Does he bring something different on the recruiting trail, in your opinion, Steve? Well, so he doesn't have much of a, a track record, right? Like he doesn't have the resume. Like Guy Holiday, there was a resume there. He recruited guys to BYU, UTEP, all, all over. So – you don't have that to kind of look at, but where he's from, he's from Mississippi. He's coached um, all over the place, really, but he's got ties to to the, the South. He's got ties. He's well-known in the South. That's going to be big, and I think for, for him, it's all about just his personality, right? Like, we didn't know a lot about, about Colton Swan. We didn't know a lot about Kyle McDonald. But these two guys have been able to arguably become Utah's top two recruiters um, in their in their time here at Utah. You look at what Colton Swan did with the linebacker room this year, an unbelievable job. Kyle McDonald with the, the running back position, you know, same thing. And I think that youth and that ability to connect with younger athletes, particularly at the wide receiver position, that's going to benefit that group more so than, than it would if you hired somebody, you know, a younger guy at, a, at another position, right? Like that, that group, that position uh, is really going to benefit from that youthful connection between Bumpfist and, 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 and recruits. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of his responsibilities in terms of areas that he's going to recruit, but I fully expect him to, operate primarily in the South from Texas down to Florida. Um, and I think that'll be a great fit for him. And I'm, you know, interested to see um, how quickly he hits the ground running, man. I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think another talking point as it relates to Bumpfus is the game of football. And you've seen this a lot in the NFL. There's this, this narrative now that, that you kind of need young up and coming kind of hipsterish coaches to <laughs> fill that void of this generation yeah. um 
and and that probably has to have played a part. And I was also thinking about financially. I'm sure we could look up. I don't know. I don't know how much he's going to be making. Do you, Steve? Not yet. No. I, I, I we we'll be able to look it up here in in a few weeks. I'm sure, but. Like the, the university's in a financial crisis at the minute. They lost, I mean, they were projecting to lose 60 million. I don't think they lost that much in the end, but I think it was around 30 to 40, which is still a lot of money. Um, and so I'm sure they were pretty wary, you know, about about how much money they can pay their their assistants. Um, and so yeah. I'm sure that played into it, into it too. But I, I, I'm really happy that Utah got a younger coach, 31 years of age. He's had success as a player. He's bounced around as a coach. He's put in his time. He's done his due diligence. And now he's finally rewarded. Um, and, and I hope nothing else, if nothing, if for nothing else, that he, that he grasps the opportunity and, and takes it head on. And I, I think the, the wide receiver coach, is different than any other coach on the football field. Um, and here's why, especially at Utah, I should note, especially at Utah, Coach Whittingham preaches that for breakfast every morning, you wake up and eat a teaspoon of cement. His program is hard. It's, what? It's, he doesn't actually. He doesn't, that was a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess what I'm getting at is like, He's he's like a he's like an old school tough yeah. football coach, and right, we do right. you know we don't work smarter, we work harder at Utah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and and I think I think this 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 bumpfus fella will bring just a sense of youth and and for wide receivers, if you were to stereotype wide receivers, they're kind of like the diva of the football team, and I mean that in the most loving way possible. By the way, I love I love yeah. wide receivers, but but they are they're like you know the they're like kind of the pretty boys and the guys that get all the girls and, you know, have the best fashion or whatever. They, they're just, that's who they are. And so I, I think, I think as a coach, you need to be able to handle that. Um, and at Utah, that's no easy feat considering the head coach is this defensive monster who will run you into the ground. If you drop one catch, um, you've got, you've got to be able to balance that. And so the Utah yeah. football wide receiver assistant coach position I mean, you have to be strong mentally to be able to, to grasp all of that. And, and that's yeah. why personally, look, I know he doesn't have a track record, but he's young. And I love that. I love that he's young. I really do. Because I think he can connect with, co- with players that, that, with all due respect, maybe Guy Holiday couldn't. Yeah. And, and I know we keep harping on the, his youth, but you look at, at what he's done. He's 31 years old. And since he started coaching where he joined Iowa Wesleyan, in 2016, he went from Iowa, Iowa Wesleyan. I think that's how you say it. I hope that's how you say it. He went Nobody to Buffalo. <laughs> went to Buffalo as a grad assistant and then Utah uh, as a grad assistant. And then after his time at Utah, he was hired on as a position coach uh, by Austin P. And then uh, February, just last month, he was hired by Central Michigan as a position coach. So you look at his rise in a short amount of time. He's gone from a a small, small. I think it's Division three. Iowa Wesleyan is Division three. He's gone from Division three all the way up to Power five uh, position coach in five years. That says a lot about uh, your reputation as a coach um, and what you're doing on the field with your players. And yeah. to me, that more so than anything else is a, is a very encouraging sign that he's been able to rise up the ranks uh, as fast as he has. Um, in this, you know, 
he only started coaching in 2016. <laughs> so that's a, that's an incredible job by him. Uh, and I'm excited to see how it translates to this group of receivers. One thing that I, I always think about is with his history and his um, experience as a player, he's been both. I, I mentioned that he was the leading receiver three of four years. He's also been a practice squad guy in the NFL and he's been cut a handful of times. So he's been both the top dog and he's been the guy at the bottom of the roster and he's going to, that's going to provide him a lot of experiences that he can rely on to help guys in that room who are going through different scenarios, different situations. He's going to be able to help them and guide them through each and every, I don't know about every, but a lot of situations he's going to be able to relate to and provide some empathy and kind of guide these guys through it. And that is, is as an important a thing as uh, important is that is as important as anything else that we've talked about to this point with Chad Bumpus. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm with you all the way, Steve. Um, I just decided to pull up the, the roster, take a, take a quick peek, if you will, at, um, at, at the wide receiver group now. It's diminished from what it was. Uh, yeah. And this is, not, this is not including tight ends. So this is not pass catches as a whole. This is specifically wide outs. You've obviously got Britton Covey, um, and then of course Solomon Enos. They're kind of the two big, big wideouts now. After Samson Nakua, Brian Thompson both departed. I guess uh, I'm forgetting um, Jalen Dixon returns. So they're your big three, right? Britton Covey, Solomon Enos, and Jalen Dixon. And then, and then outside of that, you've got guys that are very talented, without question, but haven't either had the opportunity to prove themselves or just haven't prove themselves yet and I'm, I'm talking about guys like money parks right uh, the freshman out of texas who's who's mm-hmm. going to join the program and and will hopefully provide something tyron tyron smith has been around forever and a day and he just keeps to be yelling devon vele is somebody that i was highly highly thought of at the program you've got dylan slavens who's been around now for some time and he kind of gets reps here and there predominantly on special teams i mean this is this is now a group steve that has more question marks than it did just just a month ago. Um, and when I look at the group, I know what I'm going to get out of Britton Covey if he's healthy, and I know what I'm going to get out of Jalen Dixon if he's healthy. I'm looking at Solomon Enos to be that dominant wide receiver. He, he has the build. He's the outside threat that needs to be elusive uh, with the deep ball. He needs to be the deep threat. He needs to be the guy that can muscle his way um, to catches, and he needs to be able to put up six, seven, eight-plus touchdowns in 2021. Would you agree? Yeah. I uh, I think Solomon Enos uh, is, is a guy that um, I'm very into, interested to see how the, the hiring of Bumpfus impacts his game. If I'm Chad Bumpfus and I'm coming into this group – I'm making Solomon Enos like my guy. Like I'm, I'm working on everybody in here, but Solomon, like you're my guy. I'm coming here to get you right. And uh, you look at what Enos has. He's got great size, 6'1", 6'2", 195, 205 pounds, whatever he is. Good length, um, good athleticism. Not a great athlete, but good athlete. 
and he uh, he's he came to Utah as a raw wide receiver, very talented, obviously, but his experience in high school, he was utilized all over the field. He played a lot of wildcat quarterback, a lot of running back. He was just an athlete more so than a receiver. Um, and so he's had to learn the game in his time here at Utah. And I think with Bumpfist and kind of what he brings to the table with his playing experience, I hope that he, like I said, I hope that he makes Solomon his guy because I think Solomon will benefit the most from a guy that's been through it, that can show him some things that can, you know, spend time with him working on, you know, how to sell a route, how to, you know, break a route uh, and, and that kind of stuff. And I, I think Solomon Enos has a lot of potential still left in the tank that he can unsurface. And, you know, I think Chad Bumpus is a great coach to kind of bring that out of him. Um, and so, you know, with the transfer of Thompson and, and Nakua, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, but you've got young guys on the roster. You, you mentioned Money Parks. You've also got Connor O'Toole, who was a, a big-time prospect. He had like 14 Power 5 offers. Um, and then Makai Cope uh, is now with the program. He was a, a recruit this year. That's right. He's joined the program now. And so you've got those three three young freshman receivers. Those are three guys that you would love to see kind of emerge and assume roles and and – prove that they're capable of contributing on the field. So you've got some guys that you can develop that have been in the program a while. You've got some young guys that can, that you can kind of help um, in their progressions. So Chad Bumpus has a great opportunity this spring in this camp to make a, a strong impression as, as the new coach. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I know, I know this episode has been predominantly about the wide receivers and everything that entails them. Uh, we weren't necessarily planning on that but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes we we will have another episode out this week uh we, we were unable to get one out last week so we'll have two this week we promise we'll make up for yes. last week um before we get out of here i i need to know wh- what happened to that linebacker the transfer out of bama dude. oh yeah like, that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard yeah so so, so let me get this right and then the floor's all yours he Decides that he's going to enter the transfer portal out of Alabama. He was once he he, he was formerly from Reno uh, and had high interest from Utah BYU. He's a Polynesian kid. He's very talented, four five star cat linebacker, and then he commits to Utah out of the portal like a, a week ago. I remember because yeah. I was in St. George still, and I was like, oh wow, this seems like a, a pretty cool cool get for Utah out of the portal. They've done well this offseason with the portal. And then I blink, it seems, and the next I hear is that he's going to Chip Kelly in UCLA. What What is going on there? Yeah, so pretty wild situation uh, with, with Cajo. So uh, he commits to Utah. He announces publicly. And then uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, exactly what happened but it seemed actions were 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 made by Kaho that kind of led the staff to believe that you know maybe he wasn't 100% committed maybe he wasn't all the way in and if you're not all the way in you're in the way and <laughs> <laughs> 
And, uh, and so I think uh, just kind of based on, on things that I've heard, I think the staff caught wind that, you know, maybe he wasn't all the way in and maybe Caho committed before really kind of taking a deep dive into what Utah had on the roster and what they had coming in uh, because Utah's loaded. And, and when the news came down, you look at it and you're like, okay, like another linebacker, huh? Cool. Like, that's great. We're, we're well stocked. And a lot of, you know, a lot of us said that this would be a great depth addition and it would have been, but Utah didn't need it. And so I think there was maybe just a little bit of buyer's remorse on Cajo's end. Um, once he kind of took a deeper dive and that's kind of what led to, you know, what, what happened. Um, but yeah, he goes to, to UCLA where they are in dire need of linebackers. And so, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Um, with him ending up at UCLA last night. The power of the media, Steve. Uh, <laughs> it's a great example of it, I'm telling you. You guys bash yeah. on the media as much as you want, but but we're here to share opinions, much like everybody else is, but we have a platform to do it on, as opposed to the 50 followers the majority of people try and utilize. And when a player like Caho reads that Utah has a lot of depth and that he's going to have to fight for his playing time this fall, he second-guesses himself. Uh, that's just my best guess as to what all unfolded. You may know um, and may not be able to share, Steve, and that is perfectly okay because I like to keep the people thinking. I like to keep the people thinking. All right, what you what you what you type, people read, people react from. Please do check out Utone at utone.com. Seven-day free trial. They always have it running. So if you love them, keep going. If you don't, no hard feelings. I'm sure you'll be back sooner rather than later. They have a message board. The most gnarliest of gnarliest Utah fans are on there, and they share their thoughts and opinions, and there's facts that come from Steve, and then it's a giant rabbit hole that Utah fans need to get involved in. Utezone.com is where you can go. You can check Steve out too on uh, Twitter at sbartle247. Myself at Tom Cunt, Hack it, I cannot get out of here without saying while you're at Ute Zone, open up a new tab when you're done check out kslsports.com and of course nate wade subaru steve our beloved sponsors 1207 south main street is where you can find them steve we'll be back later this week much love to everybody yes, sir. and uh thanks for tuning in see you steve Stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.